Well, hello. It's been a while since I've been podcasting, and I thought that now that it is Christmas time and soon to be the new year, I would uh, take a moment and pod uh, podcast a little bit about It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, This year marks the 75th anniversary of the movie, and I thought it was worth taking a look at. That story is really rich in Christian themes, and probably the biggest lesson we learn in It's a Wonderful Life, of course, is the title to the story. We learn that George Bailey, an ordinary man, had a rich life. He was never rich in material wealth. Mean Mr. Potter had plenty of money, but he did not have love. Kind of similar to what we read in 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul lists a number of items that we can boast about. But if we do not have love, then we have nothing. George Bailey had a nice in, uh, nice home in a nice town, a wonderful family, a lot of friends. And as we learn in the end, No man is a failure who has friends. And his friends come to his aid when he is down and out, and he almost missed out on their blessing had he jumped off that bridge moments before. But through the help of Clarence Oddbody, uh, Angel Second Class, George realized how different the town of Bedford Falls and even beyond Bedford Falls would have been different had he never lived. For example, he saved the life of a boy who would have been poisoned when uh, the pharmacist, Mr. Gower, accidentally put in the wrong ingredients in his medicine. And by saving that boy's life, he in turn, in a way, saved Mr. Gower's life because he would have gone to jail and later on for the rest of his life, he would have been ostracized by the community. George Bailey also saved the life of his brother. And in turn, his brother served in World War II and earned the Congressional Medal of Honor for having saved the lives of men on a transport. One man touched so many lives, and he didn't even realize it. And today, as we enter the new year, I want to ask you, how can you be someone like George Bailey? Maybe you already are, but you need to stop and think about it. Maybe you need to stop and realize what life would have been like for others had you never been born. George had gone from being a pretty content person relatively to being in a dire situation in the blink of an eye. And when I say content, I mean fairly content. He wasn't happy, but he wasn't miserable either. I could be wrong, but nobody dreams to be mediocre. When they're asked what they want to be when they grow up, maybe they have a practical job in mind, but it's hard to dream of being just ordinary. You want to be successful. And when people jump ahead of you and you see them take off at light speed and you're stuck in neutral, well, like George Bailey, it's kind of hard to take. And we've discussed uh, that uh, with George Bailey in my previous sermons that are posted online. He had dreams of getting out of Bedford Falls and seeing the world. He wanted to build skyscrapers And he had dreams of doing what he felt was a great accomplishment. But every time he wanted to leave and go off to college or explore the world, something came up where he had to stay. His dreams were not just put on hold, but eventually they died. 
His dreams might not have come true, but yet God used him to be more effective and meaningful than he would have been had he left Bedford Falls and pursued his dreams. Think about that. My wife and I were just talking about that the other night. We both dreamed of having jobs where we pretty much work from home. I've wanted to be a children's book writer and illustrator, and if that didn't work out, I would be content with being a gallery painter. My wife wants to farm and sell produce, but God seems to have had different plans for our lives. We've gotten detoured, and we found that we're more effective being out there in the real world and interacting and blessing people than being stuck inside just being content with what we want. Sometimes our plans get interrupted, but it's for God's greater glory. Proverbs 16, 9 says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And if we go a couple of chapters to Proverbs 19, we read, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And then one chapter later in Proverbs chapter 20, we read, the Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? So what do we do in the meantime? How do we live? Well, we trust God in our daily lives. Our daily lives might seem rather ho-hum to us day in and day out, but to God, he sees it in light of eternity. He sees it the way Clarence, the angel, saw it, as part of a whole. I just read to you a few verses from Proverbs. Here are a few from Psalms. Psalms 37, 23, and 24 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they, were ne they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Psalm 31, 14, and 15 say, But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. And Psalm 119, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. This is one from Isaiah, chapter 48, verse 17, which says, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. See, this is the mistake that George Bailey made. And I think it's the same human mistake that we all make. We all look at our lives as ho-hum. Maybe we don't want to be stuck in that drab building and loan office. But if we're there, how do we make the best of it and serve the Lord while we're there? Well, we keep on living as Christ would have us live. And whether we knew it or not, whether he knew it or not, George Bailey just did just that. Micah 6, 8 says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Hebrews 13 verses 1 and 2 say, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it which goes well with this movie. And then if we skip down to verse 16, we read, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Did you notice that doing good and sharing with others is 
considered a sacrifice. George Bailey did that. He sacrificed in order to share with others. When the townspeople came in to rush the bank, he lent them his own personal money that he was going to use for his honeymoon. He gave people loans that Mr. Potter wouldn't uh, give to, and by inference, he most likely had a lower interest rate and uh, made some exceptions and didn't make quite the profit that Mr. Potter would have. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4 say, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. 1 Peter 4, verses 8 through 11 say, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And like George Bailey, God will come through for us in the end. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. George Bailey reaped a harvest for all of the good that he had done for the people of Bedford Falls, not only in his business, but throughout all of his life. He was rewarded for just being him. He was rewarded for the kind of character that he had. He had a character that mimics the fruit of the Spirit. Going backwards in Galatians to the previous chapter, we read that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That was the life of George Bailey and the kind of person uh, not only he was, but you can see it in his father as well. It's the way he was raised. And in the end, he reaped the harvest of his kindness, his goodness, and his faithfulness. What kind of harvest did old man Mr. Potter receive? Well, we don't know, but we can guess. If we go back to Galatians chapter 6, just before the verses we read a few, mo a few moments ago, we read, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then Paul immediately encourages us to not get uh, weary in doing good. I think George Bailey became weary in doing good. There was a moment where he was tempted to take Mr. Potter's offer of a handsome salary, about $20,000 a year which is worth about $300,000 in today's money. But he didn't do it. He couldn't. Why? 
for the sake of the townspeople. He couldn't let Mr. Powder win and ruin the town. Even though George Bailey could have made a better living for his family, he was a man of integrity and could not live with himself if he took Mr. Potter's offer. The story of It's a Wonderful Life shows us that even a well-loved man of integrity like George Bailey can reach a moment of desperation and despair. He can suddenly feel as if he has no reason to live and that he's worth more dead than alive. But life is precious, and to prove it, the second-class angel Clarence shows George that not only is life precious, but what we may not even realize, what we have done in our everyday lives affects so many others and causes a chain reaction. So I want to ask you today to take a moment and seek the Lord. Pray that he shows you that your life is precious and it has been a blessing. Where would others be without you? Maybe the story has inspired you to be a better person. I hope it has. I hope it motivates you to be a greater blessing. I hope it also makes you understand that our timing is not the same as God's timing. He has a purpose for our everyday lives. And when we don't see it all coming together, we can pray that in due season, not only will he show us the big picture, but if we keep at it, we will reap a harvest in the proper time. When we think of words like sowing and reaping, they're not words we use in the English language other than when we reference the Bible. So to be clear, the word sow means to plant by the scattering of seeds, and the word reap means collecting the harvester or the crop. Enduring Word Commentary says that as we wisely manage our resources before God under the principle of sowing and reaping, we need patience. This is because the harvest does not come immediately after the seeds are sown. The harvest comes at just the right time when the crop has matured. It went on to say, not losing heart, we seek to do good with our resources and to do good to all, but especially to those who are of God's family. Dear Lord, I pray that you would encourage us as George Bailey was encouraged. We know that it's just a story, but in it, we see your truths. And I pray that you would bless us with encouragement in knowing that our lives have been made an impact on so many other people. May we continue that impact and maybe even a greater impact until the day that you come for us. May we be faithful workers, just like the parable of the talents. May we be faithful until you come again. Let us not grow weary in doing good. May we be encouraged and motivated to do your will to impact the lives of everyone we come across. In Jesus' name, amen.